You're listening to the 9 a.m. Sunday School class led by Pastor Greg Voorhees, Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, on Sunday, November 5th, 2023. For more information about SVBC, visit their website, svbcfamily.com, or find them on all things social at svbcfamily. Alrighty. Once uh, after we pray, we'll we'll start on page one thirteen. All right, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. We just as we continue our study, we just ask that you continue to help grow us and shape us in the likeness of Christ. God, we just use this study to, to make us more mature Christians. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. All right. So on page 113, oh, by the way, I didn't have any more of these. I did look. Uh, Simon, number seven, says, Simon was skeptical, skeptical, bleh, as an understatement of Matthew becoming a follower of Jesus. Of course, this is in the, the series. Uh, have you ever, it, it was probably pretty accurate, but in the series they're talking, Simon, was, he, he, was really, he was really worked up about Matthew becoming a, a Jesus follower. He says, have you ever been like Simon, somehow thinking that it was your right or responsibility to judge other followers of Jesus? Ooh. Has there ever been a situation? This would be not really... Let's think of a circumstance. I really don't need to call anybody out on this. (laughs) Huh? You know, you know how Matthew was all worked up about. I mean, uh, Peter was all worked up about Matthew following Jesus. It says, "Have we ever, have we ever actually judged another believer, been been skeptical, skeptical about them? You know, in their walk." I think the. Uh, I, I don't think if we if we were to answer that question, if we were to answer that question truthfully. I'm sure uh, we wouldn't have to think back too terribly far, because I think uh, I think we do often we do often judge the motives of other believers, and and even if we don't vocalize it, we put our kind of our mental two cents in there, you know, about things that they do or things that they say or things that they've done. So I think it's a. Uh, but it's really not a responsibility to to judge a person's walk with Christ. <clears throat> you know, the only the only time that you really see in the Bible, you know, I've seen people kind of this whole judgment thing. I've seen them kind of take swing the pendulum way far one way or the other. Where where some people say that you don't have the right to judge anybody for anything, and but that's not necessarily completely biblical either. You know, you're 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 taught to to judge people's fruits. You're taught to judge a you know your teachers um, what, what they're teaching. You know, so we are we are supposed to use uh, discernment and wisdom and, and and judge certain things. But the one thing that we that, that's clearly hands off uh, and is. Us, our ability to judge somebody's walk with the Lord, <clears throat> you know, we're not a, you know, even the disciples after after Jesus hung himself, they were like, hey, what what, what happened to Judas? And and this is the paraphrase version, this is the Greg paraphrase, but basically he said, it's really none of your business, he, you know. He said, you know what, but he did follow with, you know, it's better to have never have known me at all than to have known me and to have left me, you know. So that was kind of a but this whole thing of judging people's walks and you know whether they're saved or this and that and the other, we're allowed to judge their fruits. We're not allowed to judge what their their relationship is. Greg, I was thinking uh, we have a lot of that amongst Christians, different faiths. I can remember and still heard people talking about Billy Graham judging him, but in his. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he would say, find a church. 
church you go to, church of your choice, something like that. Then, you know, he, he can't do that. You know, he's not promoting the true, right faith. Uh, and even Dr. Paul, he'll hear people judging him. Oh, he wants money. You know, because he was always raising money to build the university, to expand hmm? God's kingdom and everything. But you get people all the time judging those things that they're doing. I, I you know, people with uh, King James Bible. That preacher doesn't use the King James Bible. The only Bible out there. Yeah. It, it I, does. I, Billy Graham is the one that comes to me. If I could ever spend fidget and soldier on the Christ is preaching. And you're going to sit around judging? Well, Billy Graham, I, I mean, my mom came to faith in one of his crusades. <clears throat> you know, so Billy Graham has personally impacted my life. The, the, uh, the thing with Billy Graham because I'm very pro Billy Graham. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he was—he's he, the, even though he's passed, he, you know, he's—he's he's probably the closest thing to a, to an evangelical rock star that I could think of in the, you know in the recent history. But the thing with Billy Graham is what people really aren't looking at is he really wasn't a pastor; he was an evangelist. And what he's doing by saying, go find a church, is he's saying, you know, yeah, it's great to come forward while we sing just as I am and to make a step of faith, but you do have to get planted in a church. And then when you're filling up an entire stadium full of people, it's not like you can go to each and every one of them and recommend some place to go. <laughs> you know, so it's, it was actually kind of responsible for him to say, you know, this isn't the end of the road. You know, this is just the beginning. Find a church. You know, and that's, and it's, and it's, I don't think it's also not wrong to realize people, people have different beliefs, even within the Christian world. I mean, you, you know, you, you look at, you know, we're Baptists here, we have a certain set of beliefs, the, the um, abundant life across the street, their assembly of God, a, a different, very different set of beliefs, but I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, we're both, we're on the same team, <laughs> You know, so there's so I think that was kind of responsible for him, but he took fire a lot for a lot of things. <clears throat> he, you know, even even when they had the big, uh, what was in the seventies, I think it was seventy two or seventy three, they had the big uh, Jesus music uh, festival in Dallas. He, you know, he was there, and people criticizing for that, and and, and he was. He was all for, you know, they, he, he started, you know, making movies. And, well, then that was sinful because, you know, he's, he's using movies to, you know, it's, it's just like he, he wasn't afraid to use anything he could to try to impact the world for Christ. You know, so, so it's, but yeah, there, there's, there's, there's only been a few, <clears throat> there's only been a few uh, people I've seen over the years that, I personally just I, I, I had a hard time finding anything really good in. I know people will disagree with me, but like Benny Hinn, that guy just scratch makes me scratch my head, you know. And and then when you see kind of the behind, there was somebody that was a he was a police officer one time that they hired. Um, trying, I, I talked to this guy. I can't remember who it was because it was a long time ago. But they hired him to basically guard the the, the money. He, you know, because he he was someplace, and people would put a prayer request and money in a in a in an envelope, and it would go to the back room. And, and this officer, who wasn't a Christian, he was all ticked off. I, I wish I could remember who it was. It was telling me this. He said they were opening the envelopes. They weren't even looking at the prayer requests. They were throwing those in the trash, and they were taking the money out. <coughs> he, you know, it's just like, he, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm if, if I were the judge that. that as far as fruits, that would kind of make me be a little leery. There are. You know, even Oral Roberts, who, who at one point was, was pretty strong, remember, was it in the 80s? He said that God said if he didn't raise what was like a half a million dollars that he was going to take him. Yeah. And, and the, uh, 
and he didn't raise it and God didn't take him. <clears throat> but but he but I remember things like Saturday Night Live, they 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 took and ran with it. They had you know the little car of Will Roberts and they the hand came out of the sky and took his car up, you know, so he was, you know, he kind of opened up the church to be made a mockery of. You know, so it's kind of a Oh yeah. You, you didn't see much of him out of that, that, you know the only people that you really saw, or even during the world of, remember the the, the time in the eighties of the televangelists. I mean that was that was, that was huge. You know, Falwell was one of those guys, but but we we used to watch the Arab Power when I was growing up. To be honest, when I was a kid, that was one of the things that even kind of made kind of made uh, liberty something that was always ticking in the back of my head because. <clears throat> Liberty was started like six months before I was born. So when we were watching the Iron Power when I was a kid, you know, and he was talking about Liberty Baptist College, you know, and, and it was something that was always, and my mom bought all of us these great big Liberty Bibles like we have up here. I still have mine. <clears throat> you know, so, but at least he didn't get tied up in a lot of controversy. Then you had like the Jim Baker, Jim and Tammy Faye. <clears throat> Jimmy Swagger, he, you know the Bakers. We went down when they, they were building those those condominiums and stuff down there in Tennessee. We went down there, and the uh, he ended up. I don't know if you remember the story behind it. He was selling like each unit three times. I mean, they were they were selling more units than what they had available, and, they, and that's that's why he went to jail. He, you know, and then and then of course was uh, Swagger. You know, he was sleeping with the prostitute and. You know, so it's so those type when they do those types of things, it's it's okay to judge their fruit and judge their actions, and saying, you know what, this is somebody we probably don't want to follow. This is somebody we really probably shouldn't listen to. But when we when we're listening to them and and they're showing us good fruit and what they're saying is in line with scripture, you know, we're we're supposed to judge that, you know, yeah, that's that's this, this person's all right. You know, but again, when it comes down to their their, their walk with the Lord, I mean, Jesus was, like I said, that was the that was the Greg paraphrase when the other apostles asked, you know, what what's happening to Judas, and he, he basically said, you know, it's, it's none of your business. He, you know, he was. It, I think that sent a very clear message that Jesus doesn't want us operating in that realm of trying to figure out people's people's fate. You know. <laughs> And that goes back to that thing I've been talking a lot about over the last year. <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, it's just a sinus infection. I did go to the doctor. I'm not catchy. I'm, I'm not contagious. Five days of augmenting, and it was just a sinus infection. So I, I, I cannot give you any germs. But the uh, um, you, you know a, a lot of when it comes to things like appearance, you know that's what I really kind of try to stress it. You know, even here, I'm not trying to. I don't want. I don't want to focus on what anybody wears. If you want to wear a suit, for some people, that's a, that's an act of worship. I mean, they get dressed up and fancy, because I mean that's a way of you know honoring God. He, you know, I'm not knocking that. That's a real thing. He, you know, and that's that's. Then there's folks like me that just you know come, come just as you are. You know, God's more worried about my heart than anything else. But we, but we do judge appearances, and, and John the Baptist probably would have been the, the the most extreme example of that. You know, you think jeans and a sweatshirt's bad. You, you know, imagine the Pharisees who were very much into wearing very fancy things. That, that you know these, you know, 
It would have been like the equivalent now of wearing a tuxedo to, to church all the time. And there was this guy wearing this camel hair outfit. He, you know, calling them, you know, snakes and, and everything else. I, I mean, he would have probably said a lot of people. <clears throat> but on the flip side, <clears throat> what does Jesus say about him? Jesus said he was the greatest prophet that there ever was. And, and, and you know that that's, that is ginormous. Because when we think about, you know, we think about what we would consider the, you know, the big prophets. You know, not, you know, we call them major prophets and minor prophets. That's, 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 that's a title that we give them, and it's based on the size of the book about them. It has nothing to do with their contribution. You know, Isaiah, we call him a major prophet because he has a very large book. You, you, you know, we, we call Jonah a minor prophet because he has a very small book. But I tell you, Jonah's story is just as important as Isaiah's. But, but, this, uh, um, but if you think of some of these big guys like, you know, Isaiah and the stuff that he wrote, the guy that wrote Isaiah, what we call Isaiah 53, you know, the suffering servant chapter, you, you know, you know, when Dennis Clark was here, he was giving those books out that Mitch Glasner had written just about Isaiah 53. And it's like my favorite chapter in the entire Old Testament. You know, so when I think big prophets, I think like the Isaiahs, you know, where the Ezekiels, you know, the dry bones coming to life in the flesh, or, or the Elijahs and the Elishas. And, you know, the, the thing that the, the person that wouldn't have made my list as being the, the biggest prophet, in my book, it wouldn't have even been John the Baptist. You know, but who am I to criticize? I, I can't judge what Jesus says he was the, the, the greatest prophet there ever was. By golly, he was the greatest prophet there ever was. But, but Jesus also sees things in, in, in people and he sees their contributions that we don't see. You, you know, that, that's, you know, John was literally the, the, he was the forerunner of the Messiah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty significant role. You know, and he filled it well. I, I mean, this is the repent for the kingdom of God is the hand guy. I mean, he was, I mean, he's baptizing people in, in, in the river and getting everybody all upset. And I, I mean, God himself beheaded because, I mean, he, he called sin, sin to the wrong people. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care if you were King Herod. You know, if, if, if you were having, if you were having, you know, unholy sexual relations, I mean, he called you on it. He, you know, that's, that's a, that, 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 somehow, everything that I've read about him and the way he was, you know, even, even like Elisha or Elijah, we we see times where the, he had real moments of weakness and you know, even depression, or where he just even wanted to die because after, even after he did something like slaying all the, the false prophets, but but you, you never really see that with John. John was like full tilt. Every time you see John in scripture, he's full tilt. You know, the only time that you even begin to see just a little wavering is he did send the, the folks to Jesus and say, are you, are you the one? You, you know, but I still can't even criticize him for that because it's just like Peter. He, you know, and I've talked about that up here a good bit. You know, Peter's denial. You, you know, Peter, I'm sure, was very disillusioned by the arrest of Christ. Because I, I mean, literally, you know, if there were a thousand soldiers that came to arrest Jesus and he's ready to take them on, that tells me that he, he was not a shrieking violet. I mean, he was, he was ready to take on Rome, you, you know, when, when, when he was convinced, you know, that, that Jesus was the Messiah that he was picturing in his head who he would be. But when he's put in chains and, and taken off, he would have been very disillusioned. I could almost picture, you, you, you know, these guys, Peter and John the Baptist, they're still human. They, they might have been, you know, had this crazy faith, and John may have been the best prophet ever, but he's sitting in a jail. He, you know, and he knows Messiah is here, and he's still sitting in a jail. So I, I could almost picture that he would have been influenced by the teachings of the rabbis back then, that he was going to be this guy who was going to free them from their, their human oppressors. You know, so, so John might not have fully understood what, what Christ was here to do. You know, because for him to ask, are you the one? This is the same guy that earlier, you know, he said, this is the guy whose sandals, I'm not even worthy to, the, the, the tie or the hold, you know, this is the guy, you know, I, I can't, you know, when, when he baptized Jesus, everybody heard, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, so that would have convinced me that he was the one. If I wasn't convinced before that, that would have convinced me he was the one. 
But you know, that's, that, that's, that's why we also can't be super critical of, of people in, in now in their time or even in the Bible times when they have times of weakness. Because I don't care how big you are, you will have moments of weakness. You just will. Yeah, people in leadership, um, they they draw a lot of attention, you know, because because they 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 cause polarized responses because they're kind of the face of the church, you know, and it's it, it's it, it happens, but but no, it's 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 it's, it's true, it's true that it does happen. But yeah, and that's but but I think we do that too amongst ourselves. You, you, you know, it, it's so easy to it's so easy to judge somebody that's that, that's you know on the other side, and you, you've heard something that they've done, and it's like ah, you, you know. But it's it, it's really hard to, and I and and I focus this this thing, this characteristic or this aspect, really on these biblical people. Because, like I said, these heroes of the faith, even they had moments of weakness. There were times that they weren't even right. You realize the Apostle Paul, you know, there, there's, there are times we can show, he, where he wasn't even always right. He was convinced. And this isn't a bad thing. I'm not trash-talking the Apostle Paul. I mean, as, as far as people in the Bible, he's probably the closest thing that we would, we would have, you know, of a human person that, that, that would close, be close to the wisdom and the, the, the spunk of Christ. But he was convinced he was going to see the return of Christ. I mean, he talked about the imminent return of Christ. If you look at that, if that's why if you read the section where he tells married people to stay married and single people to stay married... Because he's like, don't have a divided heart because you need to be work, working, working because the, the Christ is coming back. You, you know, so, but the, everybody thought that they were going to see the return of Christ. You know, every single generation, every single generation since Christ left thought that they were the one, that they were going to see it. You, you know, and even I say, you know, there's a lot of signs. It would not surprise me if we were the generation. You, you know, but that's, that's the funny thing about God's timing. God's timing is not our timing. You know, we look at 2,000 years. You see, this is 2023. You, you know, there's question about exactly when Christ was crucified. Usually it's anywhere from about 31 AD to 36 AD. But I, I think there's a lot of, when you overlap the Bible and overlap history, I, I think the 33 AD thing you know, is, is, is very plausible. That would have been the year that he was crucified. So if you look at, we're only 10 years short of, of when Christ was probably crucified. You know, so 2,000 years to us is a long time. You, you know, we're saying, it's been 2,000 years and he hasn't come back. You, you know, what's the deal? Why, why aren't you coming back? You realize 2,000 years that God is like a, it's like a bat of an eyelash. You know, our sense of time and his sense of time are two very different creatures. You know, he thinks in terms of eternity. We think in terms of, of, of you know, years, you know, days, minutes, you know. So, but I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if we weren't the generation. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get up here and, 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 and say, you know, hey, it's, he's coming, he's coming tomorrow kind of things. We don't, that's, that's impossible. And only the Father knows the day or the hour. But Jesus did say that you'd see the signs, you'd see a lot of signs. You, you would know the season. And I'll tell you, the season's looking pretty sketchy right now. I mean, this thing in Israel, it, it, it's, we can't blow this thing off. What's going on over there? You, you know, we've, she's, 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 she has enemies surrounding her now. You know, she has she has Iran, you know, behind it, you know, funding and, and teaching these, these these people how to attack her. We have Iran giving giving um, 
you know, these weaponized drones to Russia, you know, to fight the Ukrainians. So we're, we're seeing this dangerous alignment between Russia and, 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 and Iran now. Not that it's, it's always kind of been there anyway. You know, they've, you know, Russia's been, been, been purifying uranium for them for years. You, you know, so, this, so there's a lot of really scary things going on right there. And the thing that I've seen recently, and I've talked about it up here, I see the media, I see the media now almost trying to make everybody sympathetic towards what's the Palestinians. And they're almost trying to make the people of Israel you know, seem like they're the bad guys in this story. And this was something I never even considered, something I never ever thought of, because I often wondered, you know, when I thought the whole world, you know, the whole world coming against Israel, literally, at some point, I thought the only time that something like that could happen would be after a rapture of the church, you know, when there was chaos and, you know, they could try to blame. That was the scenario that I had planned out in my head. But it doesn't even even require that. I'm seeing people everywhere starting to kind of turn their back on Israel and look at them as being terrorists because they keep, you know, blasting the Gaza Strip. You, you, you know, and it's just so we see the world kind of already, even with the church here, present in the world, we already see the world almost almost tilting some, to some degree, you know, against Israel. You know, so if this isn't end time stuff, you know, it's it's looking a lot more than like than anything else I've seen any other time in history. You know, this it's there's just a lot of signs, and I really can't move beyond this this thing where, and this is just me, you know, the fact that we're coming up on this two thousand year anniversary, you know, you know, within a decade. It, it, it appears, if you look at the way God does things, I am not one of these numbers guys. There are people who get in and try to assign a numerical value to everything in the Bible to try to figure things out. To, to, to me, I think that's kind of, that's kind of you know, bullpocky. But, but he does seem to work very consistently in, in a pattern. God seems to do things very consistently in an orderly way. In, a, in almost a consistent way, you, you know. So you know, coming up on a huge anniversary like a two thousand year of, of, of the death of the resurrection of Christ, that may have significance. Can I can I verify that in the Bible? No. So I'm not teaching that. You know, I'm not standing up here saying that that's that's a that's a biblically significant thing because it's probably it may not be, and I can't substantiate that in Scripture. But I do know it seems like he he works. In, 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 in patterns. You, you know, the whole Old Testament repeats itself over and over and over and over. You know, the way Israel responded to God and the way God responded to Israel. You, you know, the whole, you know, the whole, you know, 79 weeks thing. And, you know, he does, he does seem to work in, in an orderly fashion. So does this 2,000 year thing when you look at everything that's happening and we're coming up on the 2,000 year anniversary of the death and resurrection of Christ, it may be a significant thing. Now if, if Passover passes in, in the year 2033 and he doesn't return right then and there, it's not going to surprise me either. You know, but, you know, but I'm just saying that there's enough signs that we should not be called asleep and we should be getting serious about reaching out to lost people because even if he returns tomorrow in 2033 or, or a thousand years from now, there's still people desperately dying in, in the need for Christ. Bring up numbers, our resident Hebrew here. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks ago when you was all had a lesson about how important the numbers are to God. He showed all these different things. Yes. How come our calendar that we're applying for in the year 2023? Well, what they've done, though. But that's yeah. all based off of the it, it is. But you realize they've changed that? 
you know, I still use BC and AD. That's actually considered a taboo, especially in the world of scholarship. Everything's CE, common error, or BCE, before common error. Even, it's, it's, even Christian scholars used um, BC or, before, or common error, CE and BCE. Even Christian scholars, many of them aren't using... And they don't, you know, even, you know, my buddy that I'm, I've been friends with since high school, and so we went to the, we went to the Liberty game tomorrow, or yesterday, the, the uh, that's something that he and I, you know, kind of pick on each other about, because he, his and my minds are in two different places on, on, on these things. You know, he, he has, he's finishing his, his D-men, and he's, he also has a, PhD in leadership, and he's he's all about the academy and scholarship. So he's very much into uh, CE and BCE, and he kind of picks on me about being a dinosaur. And I, and I turn around, I call him a heretic. He, you know, because time is split by the the the, the arrival and the the death of Christ, and not the, you know. So we pick on each other about this, but but even. Even books I have seen written by professors, even at Liberty, I've seen them use this designation, CE and BCE. You know, so even even Christian scholarship is is working Christ out of out of before common error. What we call AD is CE common error, and then what we call before Christ is BCE before common error. You know, so even down to even down to how we determine time. You, you know, they try to take Christ out of that. You, you know, happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Or my, my pet peeve, Xmas. You know, I get why they do Xmas. In fact, I even, my little, my cat hat I stole from Sue. It's got the lights on it and, and the, the toboggan. It, it says Merry Xmas. And the only reason that some people do that is like on the hat, it's just shorter. But, but it's just like some people use Xmas not because they're trying to fit Christmas in a little tiny spot. Some people use Xmas just because they don't want to put Christ in it. My question would be to somebody like that. Why do the BCE and the CE around the time of Christ? Yeah. Because, and also to, to get rid of that time, you would have to change the entire Gregorian calendar. That's my point. Yeah. You know, but it's just, uh, but no, that's, they, 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 Christ is being taken out systematically out of everything. He just is. You, you know, and, and it's, it, it's, it's, I mean, right down to BCAD, you, you, you know, it's, you know, thing, like I said, holidays that bore his name, you, you know, that they try to take him out of that. You know, where, where I work. Oh, you can have Christmas decorations if, if you want it, but it's, it's not supposed to have, be religious Christmas decorations. You know, you don't want to offend anybody. You, you know, that's uh, and that's the crazy thing about where I work. The there are some really godly people there. I, I mean, there was I was teaching a self defense class Wednesday. And and this woman was just trying to open up this entire conversation about force in, in the Bible, you know. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I found myself trying to redirect it back to the topic. A for two reasons: a, I had three hours to do the whole class, and we could I could teach on that subject for three hours. But B, it's like I'm, I'm just because I did. I took about a ten minute window and entertain. I was get, throwing scripture at her and different things. I'm, it's like I'm just waiting for the call. You know, I'm just waiting to be called into human resources. <laughs> you know, because I, I was I, I was interacting with her using the Bible in front of a whole group of people. That, that in any time there that you have a group of people, you have a very diverse group of people. I've never seen that. There's more. Strange diversity there, and I say strange is really odd. I mean, it's really, really odd diversity there than what I even see out here. You know, so it's almost like it all collects in this one spot, and it lands in my backyard.
you, you know, and it's just, so, yeah, I've, so I've been waiting for that phone call. Oh, yeah, he has a full beard and he wears dresses every day. Nice guy. I mean, he'll wave at you and, hey, how you doing? You know, he's a nice guy, but I, I mean, he's, he's confusing. It's like, I don't even know what he identifies as. He, you know, and that's, that's, it was kind of funny is my sergeant that works under me, she's a lesbian, he confuses her too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's such this crazy mod potch of diversity that even people who live these very, I said, it's a, it's a sinful, sinful type diverse lives. I, I mean, they don't even get some of the stuff that goes on there. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. No, no. So that you look at all the southern generals and stuff that they they're working really really hard to to erase them out of history. You, you know, is there something? Is is there something there? You know, I think there's a lot of things playing in there. First of all, you know, one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite people in history to study is is Thomas Stonewall Jackson. I, I mean, this this guy, he, he he was a vicious warrior killer, killing machine. But he also had this this. The man never even took a drink of water without thanking God for it. He, you know, he wouldn't send a letter to his wife Mary if he knew that a, a letter carrier would have to carry it on a Sunday. He, you know, he didn't hate black people. He was teaching black children to read in the South when it was illegal to teach black children to read. He built a black. He helped build a black school when it was illegal to do things like that. In his letters to Mary, I got a book that has all these letters he wrote to Mary. He would send his check, his, his check from the war to Mary, and, and every single time he said, make sure that the first portion of this check goes to what he called the colored school. You, you know, they don't want you to know things like that, but most, a lot of the, the, the higher up southern generals were godly men. So they don't, they don't, they really don't want you to know that, that you, they, in order to, in order to kind of put the slant on it that they want, they have to be haters. They have to be people that just hated black people. You know, they they had to they they had to just be these horrible monsters. But if you think about it, is this a smaller piece of a bigger thing? If you're wiping out parts of history that you don't like, if you start with the southern generals, let's just keep working our way back to to religious people. The religious people we don't like. Hey, at one, at, at one, one point, will talking about Jesus be just as taboo as it is to talk about General Lee? It's coming. It's coming. You, you know, so this is, a, this is a systematic process of eliminating everything out of history, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just as long as it doesn't offend anybody. You know, and it's just, it's, it's kind of a scary turn of events. But it's, but again, it's all part of this thing where the whole system is, is, is now becoming so anti-God. And so, you know, we, we see what's going on in the Middle East. We see even in here, you know, you know we, we still talk a good talk. And God, we trust. It's in our money. You know, we've got lots of churches. I'll tell you what, the church in America... I'm not saying all of them, but when you look at the churches in, in some of these third world countries, and, and they are alive and exploding. For the most part, the church in America is dying a fast death. It just is. You, you, you know, this has already happened in England. It's already happened in France. I actually did a study on that in my undergrad. You, you know, we, we got the 
we got to uh, pick a topic. And, and I talked, you know, in my one, uh, 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 was the class was about uh, uh, rhetorical writing. And, and so I got, to, I, I got to, you know, pick my subject, and I was looking at, uh, I was looking at the, the churches in, in Europe. And, and this is something that's been going on in Europe for a long time. The churches, are, are, I mean, there's almost like no pause in the church in France. You know, the Church of England, she, she's suffering. You know, she's going down pretty hard and fast here. But, but it's just, you know, so these, these first world countries that are supposed to be so intellectual and be so smart, we're the ones that are really falling to the wayside. You know, these third world countries, and, and, and the place where it's illegal and dangerous, you, you know, because this gets broadcasted, uh, I'm not going to name names or, 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 or a place, but there's somebody who, who, who goes to this church, who sits over here, who has connections with, with, with a church in a dangerous place in the world and was saying that he's, he's been hearing from his pastor friend in that area that the churches are being shut down again. You, you know, that they're starting to haul off pastors again and they're starting to, it's, it's getting dangerous in that part of the world again. You, you know, somebody, that's, somebody that goes here that's had a lot of missions work, that has a lot of connections. You know, so it's, you know, the whole world is starting to become anti-Jesus. You know, it's, it's insane. Wow. You don't pull the root up, it's going to keep popping back up. And it sounds harsh. They gave, they gave him part there in Israel. What they've done with them, put all these tunnels in there. No, no. The thing that's crazy, these people over there in the Gaza Strip, the, they're not dumb. They they know and, and Israel knows that Hamas is is in the mosques. They they know that that one that that one uh, that one hospital. They knew that they were set up underneath the, that that hospital, and they they told them. I, I mean, they didn't just blast it. They're like, you know, we know you're there. Get out. You, you know, so I'll tell you what. If you've ever as, as ugly as they're trying to portray Israel, I've never seen a more gentleman like. You, you know, country when it comes to war, they tell you before they're going to kill you. They give you an opportunity to get away. <laughs> you know, nobody does that. <laughs> you, you, you know, but it's it's just but the, the, these mosques and these hospitals they're, they're being destroyed not because they're mosques and hospitals too, it's because that's where the bad guys are. And and, and it's but it's not a bad thing to you know I was talking about Elijah earlier. You know, he killed all the false prophets, all of them. You know, the, God instructed his people many times, going, kill them all. I mean, again, this is the great paraphrase. But, but when, when they were conquering the lands, or, or, or there were times that, that he told his people to conquer people, he said, kill them all. Kill the men, the women, the children, the livestock. He, he, I mean, he said, just, just kill them all. You, you know, so as, as horrible as that sounds to us, you know, it's not uncharacteristic for what we've seen God tell his people to do in the past. You know, and I have to admit, it's, it is hard to watch. You know, when, you know, when I'm seeing the pictures of them digging out, you know, screaming babies out of rubble in the Gaza Strip, yeah, it's, it's, it wrenches my heart. But I also know that it's, you know, there is so much going on there on a spiritual level. And, and Israel has to root this thing out. They just have to. Because like somebody said, I heard somebody say it had to have been on Fox, this couldn't have been on CNN, that they have to deal with this because they can't deal with 
with these attacks on them every 20 years. That's basically what it boils down to. Every 20 years, it seems like, they attack Israel. So it seems like they can't keep putting up with this. So I get where they're coming from. But like I said, it's hard to watch. It's hard to, it's hard to hear. And I see what, what people like sitting in there doing. I mean, they're using these things that they're going to pull in your heartstrings. They're going to make you be mad at Israel. You know, it's just, it's, it's a bad, bad thing. But it's, it, it's, we see, like I said, we see all these, these, these things are just lining up. You know, are we at the end? I don't know. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if we were. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's stuff we see. There's stuff we see unfolding. You know, now that it's, it's biblical level. You know, in the world type scenarios. That, that this whole thing with the Ukraine and in Russia. You realize? I don't know how close you follow the news. But when that first started out, they were talking about Russia said, okay, we will nuke England. And somebody said, well, if you nuke England, you're going to destroy um, Ireland. And they said, well, that's just collateral damage. <laughs> you, you, you know, so we see, we see world powers who, who are now looking at, at, at life. Do you realize the potential? Again, I'm not Henny Penny. But... but Three-fourths of the world dying in just a very short period of time. Do you realize that the, we're sitting on that ticking time bomb right now? You, you know, and, and all of us like to come up with our scenarios, how we think this will go down. Here's mine. It might not be it. I believe it will go nuclear at some point. You know, why do I think that? The three-fourths of the world... Three, a quarter of the world being destroyed by war in a very short period of time. What could, what could destroy a quarter of the world in a very short time? One or two nuclear missiles. That's all it takes. A fourth by starvation. What, what does nuclear missiles do? They destroy everything, including the animals and the food, the crops. They destroys everything. You drop a, nuke, a fourth of the world, pew, you, you, you get rid of all the food, pew, you know, there's a, there's another quarter. What's something that radiation does? Radiation sickness. You know, it doesn't even have to take, doesn't even have to take a, a COVID or an HIV to knock out a quarter of the world. Radiation sickness can knock out people in a very large. And if you look at Ezekiel, I believe it was Ezekiel when he had the, the vision of of the heavens being rolled back like a like a scroll. Do you know what happens with a nuclear bomb when it when it blows? Literally, the heavens roll back. It pushes the atmosphere out. The heavens roll back like a scroll. Because that's what the nuclear wind is. It's when it, it fills back up. You, you know, so all of these things, I, I mean, and we're sitting on this, this we got this crazy guy in, 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 in Russia who's just like, he's like, it's almost like he wants to hit the button. And I think he's crazy enough to do it. You know, we see all this stuff, it, it's, it's all lining up. And again, I'm not Henny Penny. I'm not saying this is it. I'm just saying we should be watching this. We should be watching this. We should be caring about what's all this. You know, and I'm, and I'm sure somebody during World War I and World War II was standing in the church someplace saying it's the very same thing I am. You know, you know I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I just know that you know, there's a lot of science pointing in that direction. Stuff that we need to keep keep an eyeball on. Time is oh my goodness, it's almost ten already. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I went from being being judging others to to. That's the beautiful thing about Sunday school. It can take a life of its own, <laughs> and it does. It does. It, it's it, it's one of these things that that sometimes it only takes one question to trigger a trigger an entire series of topics and and we're just we're just that fluid we 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 roll with the we roll with the tide. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. John the Baptist. I'm, I'm going to blame Jim, not me. He got me talking. He, Jim got me talking about John the Baptist. That's all it took. 
It is. It is. Well, I'll, I'll take I'll take half of it. <laughs> oh boy! Alrighty, so let's pray and then we'll get, we'll get ready for church. And Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. We just asked, and you know what we were talking about in the beginning of this morning. God, help us not to judge people when we aren't to judge them. God, when we are to judge their fruit or their actions or their teachings, God, give us the wisdom to do that wisely and with, with discernment that comes from you. God, and all this other stuff that we've been talking about, you, you, you know, only, only you, Father, know when this is going down. But there's, there's, there's enough stuff that it should be catching our attention. We, we should be caring a little bit more about lost people maybe than we even did five years ago, even a year ago. Because there are things that, that are kind of, kind of pointing to you know, the end could be near. God, I pray for all of our family members, all of our family members that don't know Jesus. God, that's, they're the only reasons that, that, that if it wasn't for the, our, our families and our friends and, and the lost people out here, God, I'd wish you'd come back right now. <laughs> I mean, this very second. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to a time when we have, have uh, resurrection bodies in a, in, in a very beautiful place where we get to worship Jesus all the time. That's, 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 that's a good place. But God, until that moment comes and we get to enter into that, that place of paradise, God, just help us find, to seek and find lost people. God, use us in any way that you need to. And again, their family and friends, God, God, if we're not the ones to minister to them, if, if, if there's some reason they don't want to hear from us, God, put other people in their lives, God. You've got so many tools in your toolbox. You have you have a you have a countless number of tools to reach our family and friends. God, use us, use them, how, whatever it takes. God, we love you and we honor you and we appreciate you. Help us be more like Christ. We pray, Amen.